Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. Today we're going to share uh, two, maybe three, eh, probably three experiences, very short ones, but, uh, but we'll discuss them afterward. The first one is by Tyne, or maybe Tine. I'm not exactly sure, T-I-N-E, from Enderf.org. She says, First I saw nothing anymore. Then it seemed, then I seemed to be looking from the top of the room at my body, my own body. I saw the doctors and the nurses fighting for my life. I heard what they said and saw myself, and I saw myself. I had a warm feeling, and then I entered a tunnel. At the end of the tunnel was a bright, warm white, vibrating light. It was beautiful, and it gave me a very calm and reassuring feeling. I wanted to go to the light, and I floated towards it. The warm feeling became more and more pleasant as I came closer to the light. Suddenly, I felt again the pain of the accident. I was furious that the doctors had brought me back. Okay. We'll go to experience number two. This is Cynthia. She says, This is difficult to explain. I experienced deep calmness just as if I was somewhere else. It was earth, but also not. On the other hand, it did frighten me, but on the other hand, it did not because it just felt good. I remember that I had conversations, but I cannot recall with whom. I wanted to stay here because my life on earth was so precious, was not so precious to me anymore. Here I had found peace. I had to come back and finish things off. I was promised that I would experience more prosperous times, but I did not want to go back and was angry with them. This is also how I woke up, being very angry. An angel next to my bed stayed with me until I was awake. I saw my energies around my head, many energies around my head. I could not see anything but colors. When I could open my eyes, I was still very angry and upset. Upset for being back on earth, I remained angry for quite some time. That is the end of Cynthia's experience. Now, Vajra, or Vajra, Vajra maybe? says, I was being choked to death by an acquaintance. I tried to ask him to let go, but I was being choked so hard that I couldn't even get words out of my mouth. The last thing I remembered was looking at him in pain. I didn't go through any tunnels or anything like that, but all of a sudden I was in the most beautiful place I had ever seen, and I felt like I was really there. The grass was so very green and the trees were more beautiful than I had ever seen. I was happier and more free than I have ever felt. To this day I have never felt like that again. It was wonderful and peaceful. The smell of the air was a freshness that I cannot explain. I could move one pla- from one place to another in the blink of an eye, and everywhere I went was different but just as beautiful. I could actually fly. 
It just took a thought, and off I would go. I felt as though I were in a a very familiar place and was afraid of nothing. I was around many children. Even I felt younger than I actually was. It's hard to explain the sensations I felt. I was playing, flying, and looking down on the earth from far above. I had no fear, anxiety, confused feelings, or anything like that. I felt like, uh, or I felt whole, like the peaceful life that everyone longs for. I'll never forget it, because it was absolutely wonderful. Then, all of a sudden, my body started to tingle, and through the time that I was there, I had no feeling of pain or anything. Everything went black, and I woke up in the same spot that he left me in. My body, I could feel again, and I felt pain throughout it. I felt like a million knives stabbing me. Then I opened my eyes and felt the comfort of the Lord by my side, and I felt a peace knowing I'm go- knowing where I'm going when I die. It was a wonderful place, but I'm not in a hurry to get there. God be with you all. And that is the end of Vedra or Vajra's experience. Okay, so let's talk first about uh, Tyne or Tina's experience. Maybe, maybe it's pronounced Tina. I'm not sure. Um, and I just noticed in comments that it's Native American, a Native American experience. So I'm going to say Tina, um, but not certain. Anyway, um, so she st- finds herself standing over her body and um, entering a tunnel. At the end of the tunnel was a bright, warm, white, vibrating light. Now, the rest of this is all very, you know, common. I mean, it's just like stereotypical. There's a tunnel, there's a light, you go into the light, beautiful feelings, done, you know. And, and it would be like that, and, and I probably wouldn't have shared it, except for one very small, well, not a small word, but a, a very simple word that makes it stand out just a little bit to me and that is vibrating says i was or uh, it was in the tunnel there was a warm a bright warm white vibrating light and it says it was beautiful gave me very calm reassuring feelings what does that mean vibrating does that mean that she felt like she was vibrating are we talking about the vibrational sensation that people talk about having say during a lucid dream or are we talking about the light itself was vibrating? And if so, what does that look like? Does that look like, you know, uh, an LED light when you, you know, kind of, w- maybe it's it's either going out or somebody bumps the light and it, brrr, you know, kind of uh, uh, vibrates, for, you know, flickers in and out? Or, or is this vibrating as in a pulsating light, which I've also heard a description of, pulsating. Uh, and I'm not sure if that pulsation is like, or if it's like or what I don't know Uh, but it's very interesting and a fun little data point okay so that was uh, Tina's experience Cynthia talks about um, being uh, she doesn't talk about how she died but she does talk about how as soon as she got to the other side she kind of She's a little bit frightened, but on the other hand, she's not frightened because she's 
felt so good. And she remembers having conversations, but she doesn't know who with. And this makes me kind of suspect that this was not a visual, not an auditory experience. Well, maybe auditory, I suppose. But uh, uh, she's probably in this, you know, deep space or void or something. And she's having a conversation with someone or, or someone's, you know, there may have been multiple people. But she's having conversations with God, maybe, with past loved ones. I don't know. But she said, here I had found peace. But um, she, they told her she needs to go back. Or, or um, she concludes that she needs to go back. She says, I had to come back and finish things off. Which is an interesting way of wording things. Because it's the kind of thing where, you know, this is what you say when you haven't finished your projects for work or whatever. And you don't want to finish your shift until you've finished your work and so forth. And... But she doesn't say what the things are. It doesn't even hardly seem to matter. And I say that because I don't think in the moment she's really thinking about the specifics. She just knows she hasn't finished yet. You know, it's like it's like uh, it comes time to punch out for work, but you haven't finished your stuff yet. And if somebody says, uh, says you know, are, are you ready to go? Then you say, oh, I'm not quite finished yet. I'll, I'll be there in a minute. You're not specifically thinking of the specific tasks. Well, you might, but uh, but you also might not. And if and if asked, you ready to go? Oh, give me a few more minutes. I've just got a little bit more to do. And it seems that in that spirit form, they may know what it is that they still have to do, but they're not thinking specifically about it. They're just thinking about the fact that, oh, I'm not done yet. i got to go back. And so that seems to be the case here. And it's probably why... And yet, if she tried to remember what she was going back for, would she have? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but she does not want to go back still. And um, she's promised that she would experience more prosperous times. But, you know, that it's like when you see the other side, it's like even the most prosperous, the most joyful person on earth it still doesn't compare with the common person's experience on the other side as far as joy and peace and love and so forth and, and experience. So I I think that's kind of what's going on there. And, and then says that she doesn't want to go back and she's angry because they basically tell her she has to or that, you know, convince her that she has to and she's angry she says that's how i woke up being very angry there's an angel standing by my bed and i saw many any energies around my bed i could not see anything but colors which is interesting i assume she means that the colors were energies and then she says when i could open my eyes implying that she hadn't yet opened her eyes i'm picturing this being i don't want to say having a dreamlike quality but but you know when you're dreaming and you're seeing stuff in your dream and then suddenly you open your eyes and it's not like necessarily, you know, maybe sometimes, but not necessarily always like you you close your eyes in the dream and then open them in real life. It It's often just that you feel yourself waking up and then your eyes start opening and you're actually awake at that point in real life. It almost sounds like she knew that she was not that her eyes weren't open, even though she was seeing, kind of like in a dream. But then when she could open her eyes, she was still very angry, upset for being on Earth, which is interesting. That's kind of fun. 
Um, and a common response is not wanting to come back, not wanting to be back. Now, Vedra or Vajra has a very interesting experience. First off, in the manner of her death, an acquaintance chokes her to death. I mean, good gravy, you know. <laughs> People are going through some rough stuff. This stuff kind of surprises me. But uh, she has the most expansive of the experiences that we read today. Um, she says she didn't go, go through tunnels or anything, but she's suddenly in the most beautiful place that she'd ever f- or felt like she'd ever been in. Grass was green. The trees were more beautiful than anything um, she'd ever seen. She was happier and more free than she'd ever felt. It was wonderful and peaceful. The smell of the air was a freshness that I could not explain. You know, the more senses you have involved, so this, this kind of lens itself well to evidence of it to me because uh, if if this was a common normal level of wakefulness kind of experience most people would describe things the way they visually see them and maybe what people say or or anything that's particularly loud might be described but you don't usually describe smells you don't usually describe the feel of things on your skin and things like that but uh, in these near-death experiences, the sensations against the skin and against the, the eyes and the ears and the, the feelings in the heart and stuff are so intense and so potent that they can't help but notice them. You know, it's a super sensory kind of thing. And some people have the experience that they feel nothing physically, like they don't feel wind against them or they don't feel a, a touch. But others say that they absolutely feel it even more than they did on Earth. Um, that the touches are even more sensitive, and, and as are you know any kind of um, sense, you know experience with the senses. It's more so than usual. That's often the way it's described. And but then she goes on and she says, you know, it's wonderful. It was peaceful. The smell of the air, the freshness beyond what I can explain. So there's the smell thing. And I could move from one place to another in the blink of an eye. And everywhere I went was different, but just as beautiful. That's remarkable. I mean, we're not talking about Minecraft where you go wandering off and you've got not exactly a repeat of the same stuff, but it's like same basic kinds of stuff, just in a slightly different format. And and it's, you know, if you've seen 20 places, you've seen them all, basically, kind of idea. It's not like that at all, as what it sounds like. Every place is so unique and so different. Um, and then she says, I could actually fly. And she talks about flying and, and blink of an eye speed, if she wanted, and, and being able to, to you know, f- go from one place to another so quickly. And flying seemed to be so natural to her. Um... And she also says, I thought I was in a familiar place and was afraid of nothing. There's something familiar about it. There's something, she's remembering something while she's there. And yet she doesn't seem to consciously draw any particular memories. And I kind of love the way she describes the uh, flying. She says, I could actually fly. I just took a thought and off I would go. And so she was, you know, traveling at the speed of thought, really, and flying at the speed of thought. She says, it's hard to explain the sensations I felt. I was 
playing, flying, and looking down on the earth from far above. So it sounds like all of this is taking place. I mean, I'm a little confused because you've got these green trees and beautiful um, what meadow, I guess, I something like that. And then she can look down and see the earth from far above. I'm not sure if she's seeing two things at the same time, which is apparently a thing on the other side, or if like the earth is hovering out kind of like a moon that's not very far or what, I don't know, but it's interesting. She has no fear, no anxiety, no confused feelings. It all seems familiar and uh, it's like the place, peaceful life that everyone longs for, everybody longs for, she says. I'll never forget it because it was absolutely wonderful. Very interesting. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by either purchasing the book, Life in the Spirit World, or you can go to patreon.com slash ndecast and become an ongoing monthly contributor. You can also contact the podcast either to share a comment, ask a question, or to share your own near-death experience by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDECAST. Also, all of our old episodes are available on neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. And the show notes for the show are also there. And you will have links to the original post and so forth in case you wanted to share it or read it for yourself, whatever. Anyway, once again, thank you all of you so much for listening.